This is Mary Lee, and you're listening to On the Wings of Love podcast, a Bachelor Fanatics insight to The Bachelor and Bachelor Nation news. Okay, so we are back. It is the fifth episode of Peter's season, and oh my lord, after a three-hour episode... <laughs> A lot happened. Uh, I have Chelsea on the line, my producer, and she's going to recap the episode. So um, welcome back, Chelsea. Hey. <laughs> so um, how excited were you to watch a three-hour episode? Oh, man. Well, knowing that it was only three of five hours that are airing this week, <laughs> uh, I watched it from bed. I watched the entire three episodes from my bed, and it was glorious. Oh yeah. Which is like the lazy way to do it because you normally oh, yeah. watch with a bunch of friends, right? Yeah, so we decided three hours was too long. We'll try to get together on Wednesday and watch the two-hour episode. <laughs> you know, this actually, I wasn't thinking it at the time, that, but this brings me back to the summer when they put Bachelor in Paradise mm-hmm. for back-to-back nights. And, God, you like lose four hours of your life you know you're like I have to watch it it's addicting (laughs) so I guess I will watch four hours of this and then think about it the rest of the week you know like yeah it's one of those weeks that was just gonna like be on the front of our minds yep I didn't Um, hate it (laughs) yeah I didn't hate it either so um I know you have some thoughts uh so I'm gonna let you start off and your thoughts on tonight's or last night's episode yeah so uh like I shared with you last week, something kind of clicked and I started to see more like themes coming out in each episode. And this episode, this, the theme of distractions came out. Like this word was said by multiple people in ITMs. So like Pete said it, uh, Sydney said, I just, I'm so glad there's no more distractions. Tammy said the word distractions. And so I really started to see the producers like building on this idea that everyone thought that the distractions were gone, a.k.a. Alea, a.k.a. Yeah. Ju- yes, just any sort of drama. I still call her Aaliyah. Aaliyah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the drama now has ceased. And that very obviously is not the case. Right. I mean... Yeah, obviously with 12 girls still left, there is bound to be drama. But I, I find it like, you know, usually in uh, the show, the drama is like con- confined to one or two individuals who are kind of like spurring it on. And mm-hmm. um, it doesn't seem like that's the case. It just seems no. like the drama is running rampant all throughout the house. Like this little person added their two cents and then this person added and um but that being said, I didn't even notice the distraction word. So well done on your part. because <laughs> I didn't notice that. Was that totally like just an ITM? Mostly. I think so. Yeah. Hmm. But that and makes you know, me think that the producers really kind of like wanted to roll with this idea that like everyone thinks the drama has gone. Yep. But it's not. <laughs> no. Not at all. No, no. That's a great point. I always... So I used to pay so much attention to those ITMs and I'd be like, oh, like now I can like decide who the lead really likes based on what he says in the ITM. But um, I don't know if I can say that with this season because I feel like these ITMs are driven by the producers largely. Mm -hmm. Now, I I don't think that every season I wouldn't go back and every season say that, Mm -hmm. but a lot of these girls like 
well, we'll get to it later. But like, I noticed when Kelly was in her ITM, like just talking about like, so are you excited for today's date? Like, Mm -hmm. let's be real. The camera is sitting in front of them and they're like, so what do you think about the fact that you got the date card? Mm -hmm. You have to respond. So what are you excited to do with Peter today? Like it's stupid questions they're asking, but they're just trying to get it out of you. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, how much do you like this person? And um, how excited are you and all that? And Mm -hmm. like, I saw that in Kelly's date. She just kept repeating the same thing. Like, yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. It seems like it'll be fun. And well, at the very least, I'll have a fun day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could tell she was basically saying, F you producers, I'm not going to go and say the BS that you want me to say. I'm going to be really generic about it. So. Yeah. Hoping yeah. they wouldn't air it probably, you know, like yeah. I'm sure that's like, I always wonder everything we saw on Ari's season of Lauren who, you know, we know he chose and Mm -hmm. is not married to, she seems so boring, but you have to wonder, maybe the producers just couldn't get it out of her. You know, maybe she was like, I'm not giving you this stuff on these like (laughs) ITNs. Like she was more concerned about her in the moment with Ari, you know? Right. So I bring that up to say like, that is a successful, I can't speak. That's a successful bachelor nation couple. And I think that is something to watch for is like who is actually really good in person with him versus who's really good in those ITMs. Right. So it's a good point. Yeah. So it's all a distraction. So, mm-hmm. um, I love that. Was, did you have more to say with that? Was that it? It just, we can talk about it more when we get to the end of the episode because very clearly everything is being derailed by the drama. It's, very clearly still a huge distraction for almost every one of these girls. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. So um, I wanted to talk about the format of the show. So this second episode, or I'm sorry, this is now the fifth episode, but it's the second episode in a row that doesn't start in a traditional format. So the traditional format used to be you would have – the girls like a date card would come and you'd have the three dates in an episode. So that might Mm -hmm. be two one-on-ones and a group date or two group dates and a one-on-one or whatever the case may be. But you would have all of those dates in an episode and then you would end with a rose ceremony. And then the end of a rose ceremony, they toast champagne and they're like, yay, we're going to the next location. Mm -hmm. And in that rose ceremony, you would even find out what that next location is and they should previews there at that next location Mm -hmm. for the next episode. So it was like this format that you could expect. And I guess someone complained or got bored with that format, you know, new bachelor nation people. And, uh, so now, so here's my complaint. So here we started out in the middle of a fricking rose ceremony. Mm -hmm. And when it started, I was like totally lost. Like the, the way editing was done with like, Alea sitting there on the couch, not saying a word. And like, then they sh- cut to all these different, you know, parts of other girls talking smack about Alea. Right in front of and her it, face. It, well, see, this is what's weird. This is editing, I think. It mm. looks like they're all talking in front of her, but they very well could have cut oh, that. That's true. They could have cut it from a time when all the girls were just sitting together. And at mm-hmm. one point, maybe one of the girls was talking to her. Like they do cut at one point, Sydney directly talking to her. Like, Alea, you just need to like come out and say that you came here to stir up drama. Right. And Alea just looks at her, doesn't even really roll her eyes. She's kind of like blank face. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
which in of itself is very impressive for her not to be wound up by that behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, so it's the way they cut that, you know, it was like five minutes of like all these girls having their own drama with Alea and mm-hmm. then re- revisiting that drama. And then we have see Alea leave and then all the girls reaction. And then we go through rose ceremony and then we're like, it's kind of a downer, you know, mm-hmm. like the first, it was the whole first 30 minutes we were still in Cleveland of the episode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to see one girl go home who basically told the truth and her, what used to be a friend, like, you know, made her out to be a villain that happens. And then you have three other girls go home who you, you know, don't know super well as a viewer, mm-hmm. but you like them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of depressing. It's a depressing start to the show. And yeah. it made me realize maybe that's why there has been a format because, you know, I don't know if this really works. So, you know, that kind of bothered me. Um, that being said, I'm glad they ended on a rose ceremony again. So here we had to endure three hours of an episode, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I'll note, everyone's been wondering, how the heck was it three hours? Guys, it was a lot of commercials. Yep. I counted some of these commercials were like four, the commercial breaks were four minutes long. So we had a ton yeah. of three to four minute commercial breaks. Like I almost, I took my DVR and would fast forward exactly three minutes. And sometimes I still had to fast forward. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of commercial breaks and, um, and really they could have just put that Cleveland stuff in the last episode and it would have been a two hour episode. Yeah. So that's my thought on the format. Um, yeah, but what are your thoughts on the format? Yeah, I mean, I remember watching the beginning thinking like, this is the only rose ceremony we're going to get. Like, I was kind of like pissed about it. And so I was really glad that at the end of the episode, they actually did a full rose ceremony because as it was getting closer, I kept looking at my watch like five at 1056. I was like, thank goodness they're right, doing like the, the full rose ceremony because yeah then it would have just been the same as it was at the beginning of this one where you start in the middle of a rose ceremony and you're like you know or a cocktail party I was like not excited about it so I was glad that it's done and you know there'll be more drama next you know I guess tomorrow on Wednesday but at least yeah at least we yep right right so um yeah the format was so weird. Um, I'm, I have a feeling they're going to pull this again, like on fantasy suites or something. Um, so I'm sure we're going to see this odd formatting again throughout the season. But mm-hmm. speaking of format, I, so this is kind of funny. Um, I want to just relate it to something, um, that relates to the beginning of bachelor nation. So mm-hmm. as you guys know, the bachelor started in 2002 with a guy named Alex Michael and no one watched it but me. Um, and so, <laughs> therefore, I know what the heck happened. And um, so fast forward a few years and this, like, I think it was ABC Family probably made a movie. Basically, mm-hmm. like a spinoff show about The Bachelor. So it's called I Want to Marry Ryan Banks. <laughs> and um, the song's really catchy. It's like. I want to marry Ryan Banks. Boo. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so it stars Jason Priestley, who is 
was the star of 90210. Yeah. If y'all remember that show. And everyone knows this guy, Bradley Cooper. So this is like Bradley Cooper in his early days when Mm -hmm. I saw him on TV and was like, who's that hot guy? I want to date him. He's not a decade older than me. Yes, he is. Um, (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Now everyone wants to date Bradley Cooper. Um, But yeah, so long story short, it's this awesome movie and it's totally about The Bachelor. It's about like these two guys who are best friends. One goes on to be a movie star. The other one, Bradley Cooper, is his like manager. Mm-hmm. And um, so Bradley Cooper is like the normal guy of the two. And um, his friend Jason Priestley is like a womanizer. And on the network TV that Bradley works for, they need a new show. And he has this idea. Oh, my gosh. My friend's an actor. Let's have a TV show about my friend dating 15 different women and like trying to find his wife and propose mm-hmm. to someone. It's totally The Bachelor, right? And yeah. So I did my research. So the film was, um, it it went to air or, it, you know, it was produced um, in 2004, right? Mm-hmm. But that means production would have been in t- 2003 and like mm-hmm. the fall probably of 2003. That being said, by 2003, I'm going to name you all the seasons we had already had. We had had four Bachelors. I'm sorry. Oh. Yep. Four Bachelors. We had had Alex Michael, Aaron Berge, Andrew Firestone, and Bob Guinea. And we had had, had Trista um, Rudder. Well, now Rudder. Trista Sutter. I forget her last name. But by by then, we would have already had five seasons of The Bachelor. Hmm. So when Bachelor came out, it was like hotcakes. Like the, the seasons were back to back. Alex yeah. was March to April. Then Aaron was that fall. Trista was that next winter, January and February. And then hmm. Andrew Firestone was like right away in March to May. So they were filming these seasons like really aggressively in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So that's how I know for a fact that this show was based off of um, the bachelor. Uh, anyway, that being said, um, so, you know, you have this show and you have Jason Priestley being the bachelor and he has 15 women and there's a host just like Chris Harrison. Mm-hmm. And ironically enough, the host was this guy, Mark Wahlberg, who is was and still is the current host of Temptation Island. Oh. So, oh my God, it was like mind blown because I watched <laughs> Temptation Island mm-hmm. and I was watching the show. I was like, shut up. That is Mark Wahlberg. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and I, you know, this was filmed over 15 years ago. Wow. Uh, so yeah, it was crazy. Anyway, here's the things I want to note about this awesome movie called I Want to Marry Ryan Banks on Amazon. So anyone can watch it. Um, um, so on the show, like immediately they show like, oh, little side tip. There's no cameras or mics in the bathroom. Still true to this day. Um, also, there was a girl who, you know, of the 15 girls. So of course, it's a movie. There was like one girl who's the lead main girl mm-hmm. and she's like totally normal and really cute and um, doesn't want to be famous. So another girl and her become friends and the other girl reveals to her, oh, yeah, like I'm just doing this to try to get famous. She's like, I already have a boyfriend at home and here's my burner cell phone. I'm like calling him in the bathroom. <laughs> so, again, this is totally a Bachelor reference, mm-hmm. um, you know, like people or some even back then, I guess, were going mm-hmm. on to get famous mm-hmm. and some of them did have boyfriends before the show or girlfriends. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, th- and the whole burner cell phone thing is a deal because you're not allowed to have a cell phone. You have no yeah. mirror into the outside world. No. So I just loved seeing this in a really old film at this point, right? This was filmed like 16 years ago. And it's, it's a clearly like early 2000 movie. And, um, and also just the other part that was really interesting was the producers had so much leverage on these contestants. So Mm -hmm. as the season started, you know, there's 15 girls and the producers already know from the start, we want this girl to go the farthest. We want her to win. Mm -hmm. And then like, as they got to know the girls, they're like, okay, this girl's kind of slutty. She's going to get a bad rap from the viewership. So Mm -hmm. let's not have her go that far. Let's have these girls go far, you Mm -hmm. know? And it was a girl who had a story, some sort of story that they wanted to promote. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it was just like a reminder to me that I, I have a feeling that sometimes maybe even the girls you get in your top four Mm -hmm. might not be the girl he would have picked. Like he might've picked a girl who was like top six and the producers could have, you know, like for example, Ari season, you had young Becca and mm-hmm. you had Tia mm-hmm. and, and I forget who else, but there was like six girls left mm-hmm. and Kendall was already going to go on a one-on-one. Lauren was already going to go, I mean, on a hometown, Kendall, Lauren, and, um, Becca, Becca. were already three people who were going to get one on hometowns. So he had to pick one more. And I really thought it was going to be the young Becca because mm-hmm. they had a lot of chemistry, mm-hmm. um, And they got each other and they had a good time. But then he ended up choosing Tia. And if y'all remember, Tia got a one-on-one very late in the season Mm -hmm. and, you know, told some like some stop, sob story. I don't remember what. And, you know, at this point she's getting him on an emotional level. And I'm sure the producers were like, we really like Tia. Yeah. I think she's really good for you. Mm-hmm. So it just makes me wonder, like, how many other bachelors and bachelorettes are we watching where you're really not seeing their top four picks? You're really seeing, like, they might have a top two, mm-hmm. maybe even a top three, but you're seeing what the producers want, right. who they want to push along. Totally. So, yeah, I think we may have even seen that this episode. Really? Yeah, <laughs> at the end. But we can talk about it at the end. I'm, I'm just saying, I think it, I, I have guesses. almost every episode like who the producers are saying you need to keep this girl you know Uh, for whatever reason because she's going to be more drama or because America likes her or because she might be a good bachelorette someday you know right 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 so okay well I want to know but moral of the story is go see I want to marry Ryan Banks on Amazon (laughs) it sounds so um, cute it, it is. And honestly, it was fascinating because Bradley Cooper is the producer. And so, you know, there were times they're like, hey, go in there and like create a scene and then bring the bachelor into that scene. And it just like here I am 20 years later, almost into watching the show. And it just opened my eyes up again to mm-hmm. things that are happening under my eye. Wow. So. Yeah, it's 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 good if you like the show, which if you're listening, hopefully you love the show. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, um, sure whoever's anyway. listening loves the show. Yeah. Okay, moving on to the episode, though, because that's yeah. why you guys really came to listen. Um, 
yeah, let's talk about his date with Sydney. Mm-hmm. So, mm, wow. I have a lot of feelings on Sydney. Yeah. Um, I kind of always have. I'm just going to put that out there. Mm-hmm. Some of these negative traits of hers I saw two episodes ago. Did not like it. Uh, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. And also we'll get to what has been said on Twitter. Um, I don't know if I told you this, but I created a Twitter last night. Um, so I have never had a Twitter. I'll just say it here in the, <laughs> the truth. We're in 2020. I've never had a Twitter. And I had a friend convince me last night. She was like, how are you following up Bachelor News and you don't have a Twitter? And I thought, because I am, you know, I'm, I research the shit out of this stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, honestly, it's so fun. Like in the last 24 hours, I have been like addicted to my phone. It's like <laughs> Instagram or Twitter. I have one of them open, if not both. Um, and there's a lot of like fast information on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you guys are interested, uh, my handle is on the wings of love podcast. So pretty standard across the board. Now on my Twitter and Instagram, it's on the wings of on the wings of love podcast. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get into Twitter after, and it really just started. I have to thank Sydney. I have to thank Sydney and a shout out to my friend, Heather. Yeah. Heather, thank you. Love you. Thanks, Heather. Um, I, now I, I stay off of, um, Twitter trying to get back into Instagram, but I get screenshots of all the crazy stuff that's going on on there. So I get updates well, occasionally. Um, but yeah, there's lots going on with Sydney. Sydney also, Pete used the word distractions in his ITM, getting ready for Sydney's date. And then Sydney also used the word distraction. She doesn't want any distractions. Um, and I didn't see that. Yeah. So yeah, she talks about it in the night, in the night portion of the date. Oh, got Um, it. Okay. So I'll give a quick recap of Sydney's date. Yeah. And then I'd love your feedback. So basically he picks up Sydney. They go on a helicopter. They're overlooking a volcano, which by the way, kind of freaked me out with the, you know, the recent Kobe Bryant's death in a helicopter Mm -hmm. and crashing into a mountain. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just like, I had this momentary, I mean, obviously I know they're still alive, but watching it when Sydney was like, get closer, get closer to the volcano. It made me go like, let's exercise safety when we're in a plane and we're near mountainous, you know, mountains like this might not be, you know, and obviously the, the pilots were safe, but, Mm -hmm. um, anyway, uh, I definitely had that thought too. Did you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I hated, I was like, I don't want to think negative thoughts. Like just you could, I thought that producers could have like cut out her saying that just yeah. so I wasn't scared, but right. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. anyone else, anyone else scared, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, so they do that. They like go have a picnic, mm-hmm. classic bachelor date where like, mm-hmm. you know, let's sit and talk about nothing. He tells her she's just, the best kisser. Yeah. Like he basically is just, honestly, my husband just kept saying like, I think he just wants to make out with her. Yeah. Like he really <laughs> just wants to kiss her. Yeah. His conversations are so dull with her, but he just wants to make out. So, mm-hmm. which he does a lot of. So mm-hmm. we get to the night portion, which we can talk about in depth, the controversy of all the things that she has said. Right. Um, they end up after that, go to a hot tub, make out some more. Uh, producers bleep out her butt and with black over her black bathing suit. Mm-hmm. That was a bit confusing. Um, yep. You know, she like, 
made some sexy poses with her leg up and they made out. Mm-hmm. So that's their date in a nutshell, but there's so much that she impacted here. So mm-hmm. Chelsea, I'm going to give you the floor. Um, you are also a biracial woman. Yes. Uh, and you grew up before Sydney. So if anything, you might've faced even more racism or prejudice than she might have. Yeah. We talked about um, this a little bit. I don't know that that that's necessarily true, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, she talks about her, um, relationship with her dad, how she's not close with him at all. She was raised by her mother who is white in Alabama. Um, and they had financial troubles. Look, almost all of what she said here, I could relate to or understand um, in a couple different ways. So some things very personally, like being called Oreo girl. That's a name I've heard a million times growing up, like middle school, heard that word, heard that term. Oreo was called that. Um, Can I ask, was that used when you were, when you heard it or when you were called it, mm-hmm. was it like derogatory? Was it just like a term, like, like a joking word? Like how, how was it used? So, uh, that's an, that's an interesting question. So like, and I will just share this, like before we started recording, we were talking about our points of what we, what we were going to cover today. And I remember you asked like, what do you like to what do you like to be referred to as like as far as your identity like mixed biracial like that was such a like great way to ask that question because I think a lot of times people just hear something and assume like oh I can label as this and I think mm-hmm. um I think there are a couple terms for example oreo mulatto mutt I've been called that before too like oh my people gosh. and I think people just hear these terms and think like oh that's like just a way to identify you and really whether they mean it derogatory in a, in a derogatory way or not it's it's not it's not appropriate it's not considerate it's not sensitive it's not um it's not kind so um so, yeah, I mean, like, hearing that term, it's kind of, like, just weird, you know? Like, like I can just be, I'm, I can just instantly be taken back to, like, middle school cafeteria, and I, like, hear that word. Mm. And it's so, like, I, I just related to her a lot when she was talking about some of this stuff. Um, okay, so, can I just, like, bring up, um, I, I it's fascinating to me like some of that like and I love what you said that people might not even realize what they're saying so mm-hmm. I'm glad I asked because I guess I mean yeah. from the earliest days of knowing you it was always Chelsea's like mixed I think mm-hmm. mixed was mixed. like an appropriate term I like that, that term. a lot of people use yeah some and some um, people like it some people don't so I like that I like the idea of asking someone yeah. yeah. Um, but I was going to say from my experience, like if people were called and this is why I'm genuinely wondering here, like, mm-hmm. how do you feel? And if any listeners are mixed or biracial um, of any ethnicity, I would love your feedback. So direct message me on on the Wings of Love podcast and we can keep the discussion going. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but and multiracial is also, I guess, Sydney oh, may, may consider herself multiracial. For me, I'm like biracial. My mom is black. My dad is white. Um, for Sydney, you yeah, know, her yeah. dad is mixed. Yeah. So you're right. She may she may prefer a term like multiracial. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Um, like these other terms, though. So when I was in high school, I remember knowing girls who would use the term Milano. So they would either use mm-hmm. the term Oreo or Milano. And it was, if anything, it was more of like joking terms. It, it mm-hmm. genuinely wasn't derogatory in a mean way. Mm-hmm. Um, so Milano, they would say, would be like a girl who's white or a guy, a girl or a guy mm-hmm. who was white on the outside, like their skin to color, but they were black on the inside. So that was a Milano, like in black, they mean like either they dated people who were black and they were white or they just, you know, I don't know, I I guess in a way that's kind of racist to say they liked things that black people Mm -hmm. like, but Mm -hmm. that's what a Milano was. And then Oreo was the opposite. The Oreo would be like a black guy or girl who acted or either acted like white kids or you know, or, and even as I'm saying this, it's like, that's horrible, right? Mm-hmm. To say like, a black person acts like a white person is. Yeah. Like, what is that? That's What's not that? That's like racism, right? Yeah. So like, I recognize I have a problem, right? Like, I think mm-hmm. we all have a problem with mm-hmm. racism to some degree. And yeah. And even within races, I- there's colorism and, and there, and that can be something too, that I'm sure she has experienced in a similar way that I have, you know, like I'm, very I I relate to Meghan Markle in this way like I if you just met me you would maybe not picture that my mom is black like fully black like dark-skinned black woman like you just maybe wouldn't recognize that I'm very light-skinned and I have like straight-ish hair (laughs) and so I think it can be confusing sometimes um to be like so for me, I consider myself black or mixed. Um, but within the black community, like I have privilege. Like I am almost white passing in some ways. Like I had a friend in college who I came home after summer break and I had like a tan and he was like, oh my gosh, you're so dark. You look like black. And I was like, I am black. And he's like, what? <laughs> you are? I'm <laughs> like, I just thought you, you were white. Real? I just thought you were white. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> you know, or sometimes people will think I'm Latina or something. And I'm like, no. Um, so, yeah, there's like I and I and I and I understand that, like, I've had some privilege because of my light skin, you know, and like. Yeah, even within even within races, there's um, colorism that exists, too, sometimes. And there are. Yeah, it's a lot to navigate. I think, so I relate to Sydney in some ways. And I, how crazy is that, right? Like how mm-hmm. crazy is that we have a girl this season who is so similar to you? Mm-hmm. And, and it's outward appearance wise, right? Mm-hmm. Like not personality, actually. Your personalities are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, but appearance wise. Mm-hmm. And I say that to say like, I, I don't know Sydney's story. Yeah. None of us really do. And I wanted to talk about this on today's episode because 
sometimes some of these things are really glossed over on The Bachelor. Like, mm-hmm. basically, she shared a little snippet. Peter just said, like, I'm really sorry. You're really strong. And mm-hmm. that was it. And I was yep. like, really, Peter? That mm-hmm. was all you got out of it? Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I wanted more from the conversation. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I think... In real life, though, when we have these conversations, there is more to it. And yeah. so I'm glad you we just had your story, but our parts of your story. But like from that episode, we didn't get all of Sydney's story. And part of what she's even now backing up here, we are months after filming. She's still backing up parts of her story. And I can't take that away from her because I'm not her. Mm-hmm. And I was not, I was not in her mind. I was not in her pocket following her around. And I just think that all of us should be considerate as we're like considering these people's stories mm-hmm. um, and their hardships that we are not them. And, um, you know, her, the way she experienced racism is unique to her. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it sucks. Like, I don't yeah. like that, obviously. Um, but I would rather talk about it than just put a blanket. Oh, that sucks for Sydney. Let's not like go into it in depth, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. And it, and it reminds me that I think I mentioned this last podcast too. Like there are, n- none of these girls are all good or all bad. You know, like they all have had experiences that probably lead them to react in certain ways or act certain ways. They're all grown-ass women and <laughs> can and should be held to a higher standard. But, um, but I, yeah, I'm glad that we can talk about um, someone as divisive as Sydney. Um, yeah. In a I way where we're, like, thing. yeah, considering her, like, pain and, like, what she's been through in her life. and Right, because I think the worst thing we could do would be to, like, to just be like, oh, okay, yep, she's biracial or mixed or whatever term you want to give it. And, and be like, that sucks moving on because then we're not really unpacking. Like what, what does that really look like? What did that mean mm-hmm. for her? You know? Mm-hmm. And, um, so anyway, thanks for sharing on air. Yeah. All that you've went through. Yeah. You I'm know? sure we'll and, talk more about it here yeah. or somewhere else. Um, it's something that I, I enjoy talking about it. I've, I've developed a passion for, um, for the mixed experience in America. Everyone's story is different. I love that. Yeah. I know. And it's it's cool watching you like come into your identity more with mm-hmm. that, you know, and mm-hmm. um yeah. I love it watching it as a friend. So anyway, so speaking of Sydney, we know that she has had this hardship. Mm-hmm. Um but she does say some things that might not be true. So, um, she said, you know, the story of her parents' life and divorce, divorce and how much she's seen her father. I have no idea. I'm sure that's true. I have no way to refute that. Mm -hmm. However, something she's not mentioning. Um, and I go back and forth in my brain if she should share this. Mm -hmm. So in one sense, when you're dating someone, there's no need to tell them, Hey, by the way, like, I know your ex-girlfriend, but that's the truth. Mm -hmm. So Sydney is dating uh, Hannah Brown's sloppy seconds. (laughs) That's what I've decided. So both Hannah Brown and Sydney Hightower went to Tuscaloosa County High School, and they graduated the same year. 
So on first hearing that, you might go, oh my gosh, what a random coincidence. But mm-hmm. guys, remember when Sydney came on night one and said, hi, I'm also from Alabama and um, something like, I don't make mistakes or she said something like really derogatory about Hannah Brown mm-hmm. on the first night. Like that was her entrance. Her entrance was like, I'm from Alabama and I'm a girl who doesn't make mistakes or like sloppy mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's a dig. Come mm-hmm. on. It was like a, whatever she said, we should like rewind, go look at night one. But whatever she said was very clearly a dig at Hannah Brown. Mm-hmm. And as a viewer, we, most of us probably thought, oh, she just is saying that because Hannah rejected Peter. Mm-hmm. But no, there's it's deeper than that. So they graduated in the same class. They did beauty pageants together. And how do I know this? Because after joining Twitter last night, <laughs> so... <laughs> This guy, J.C. Me Rowland, wrote, Bachelor production works hard, but I work harder. And he flipped on his yearbook um, the page between Hannah and Sydney. And they're literally, like, on the same page of the yearbook. Wow. So, I mean, because, you know, Brown, Hightower, it's not far away. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, it's hilarious. Um, and then someone else showed a picture of like other pictures throughout the yearbook, like more photos and wrote this ate lunch in the bathroom every day in my high school. I'm selling my yearbook for 200 a pop. Who wants the tea? (laughs) (laughs) And it basically has a picture of Sydney winning some crown, which was like, we've come to find out like a community pageant. Um, And so she was the winner. So it's like shows in the picture, like Sydney wearing this crown, um, what does it say? Upperclassman top beauty, Sydney Hightower. Uh, yeah. And so, mm. you know, I guess she won um, or was one of the top ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people are just calling her out on her BS. Like, uh, you know, maybe she ate in the bathroom at some point. You know, I, again, I'm not Sydney. I don't mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. But she also was revered enough that she did pageants. So Sydney has since spoken out this all being said Sydney has taken to her own Twitter page what'd she say and she said winning a pageant based off of outer beauty doesn't take away from the racial bullying and isolation I've been through she said I was also on the cheer team in middle school and in midi clubs in high school you'll do anything you can to fit in and I tried I won pageants because of my looks and I was in clubs because I wanted a scholarship to get into college not because I was accepted by my peers that's so I mean it is possible it's possible that she still hid out in the bathroom toilet but I think that she's not really telling the full picture when number one like she knows Hannah Brown directly so I did another, a little more sleuthing. Their high school has around um, 1,500 students, which equates to about 400 kids a grade. So mm-hmm. if for four years, maybe even six years, maybe even more, they have known each other. And yes, it's possible they weren't friends, but they definitely knew of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, there, is an, there is even a photo on Twitter of them in the same photo. It's kind of like a group shot and they're like one person away from each other. Mm-hmm. So... They definitely know each other. Yeah. And I wouldn't say know about each other. Like, they definitely know each other. Mm-hmm. I think Sydney's remarks about Hannah on the first night were incredibly rude. And I think the fact that Sydney is 
the whole time trying to make it seem like I'm from the South, but I'm not like every girl from the South. Um, I don't know what she's trying to prove, but just from my opinion, she's making herself look bad. Hmm. So we'll see what comes out. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, you know, this is literally as of like last night. So I got on Twitter around 11 PM and, uh, like when the episode finished and Sydney was already tweeting before that people were tweeting during the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, JC me Roland had posted several photos by then. Um, yeah, I don't know if they had a falling out, but they're clearly not friends. And I think often people who are bullies might've been bullied themselves, but then they become bullies. Totally. So that's what I wonder with Sydney. I wonder if Sydney was bullied and now she's lashing out and I'm sorry. I think all these that. girls I don't have want to see this. I hope she doesn't bully more next episode. I just Yeah, I think uh, all I think a lot of these girls have insecurities. I don't think people say they don't get good edits. People years later will come off the show and they'll say, "You know what? It's not that I didn't get a good edit. It's just that like I was in a dark place at the time or I Yeah. didn't see what the producers were doing around me." Cuz you have to own up like that was my behavior. I did say that thing. I did take that action. Oh yeah. They're and all, almost all I'm of them were saying like hideous things about each other. But I think they also have all have interesting backgrounds, a lot of crazy shit that's happened in their lives. So I, I don't, I just don't know if I can judge them too harshly, you know, based on like this little like Petri dish of a show with all of, but isn't that the point? Isn't that the whole point of the show? It is. It is the whole point. And the whole and the thing is, is like, I don't know if I can be like be calling Sydney out like hardcore and calling any of these girls out, really, knowing that like they are producing the entertainment that we asked for. Do you know what right. I'm saying? Think, well, I think the interesting part, too, is just that, like how social media plays a part now, like in the past people would make actions or they'd have a sob story and people were not engaging on social media with them, like asking them in the real, in the real time moment, mm -hmm. you know, Oh my gosh, I have receipts basically that this is true or this is not true. Right. And someone bringing up a yearbook and showing the world photos of, you know, to a girl currently on TV with a girl, everyone knows. I mean, Hannah Brownhead was just on our TV screens for the last like six months. Mm -hmm. No, more than that. She was on our TV screens for about a year. Colton season, her entire season, and then Dancing with the Stars, which she won, so she was on the entire time. So I think, you know, it is it is relevant that people are talking about it and that they're going to bring up uh, potentially this feud between two girls who went to high school together and there's nothing more interesting than that. In my opinion, it's just like kind of letting the people speak, letting, letting not only us have an opinion on a podcast, but like letting the people, the mass public, like engage, mm -hmm. engage, engage in this conversation. And whether that's on Instagram or Twitter or whatever platform, but, um, I'm really enjoying it. I'm mm -hmm. really enjoying all of the engagement of America with the bachelor. Yeah. Uh, it has me so excited. So, um, anyway, another person that all of Bachelor Nation is engaging with is Kelly, mm -hmm. uh, Kelly, the lawyer from Chicago. 
So I'm so glad she got the one-on-one, um, you know, in my head. So for both Sydney and Kelly, I've been told before that like typically the lead, the people he really thinks are going to go far, he won't give them one of the first one-on-one dates. He'll give them a later one-on-one date. So I had a feeling that like both Sydney and Kelly were two women in his mind, he thinks that are going to be in his top four. Mm-hmm. Um, just by the fact that like he waited until he was in this great exotic date to take them, um, which is basically telling saying that I don't think that he thinks Victoria or Kelsey, Victoria F, who had his last date, or you could even say the other Victoria. Mm-hmm. You could say that maybe the two Victorias and Kelsey, he didn't think we're going to go super far. Mm-hmm. Um, but he probably thought from a long for a long time that Sydney and Kelly were. Um, just because mm-hmm. why else would you give them like such a great date in Costa Rica? You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So um and it's clear from his conversation with Kelly that he really likes her. Like this this is like a built up he has a lot of tension built up for this date, like whether or not she likes him, mm-hmm. how she feels about this process. I swear to God, I heard process and experience so many times <laughs> in their conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to start on say I love how real Kelly was. Um, you know, she's one, she admitted like I've been to 26 countries, but she's like, I'm really tired. So like the day they arrived and they cut this in, she was just real about travel. Like, I'm actually really tired. Like, yeah, I'm excited to see Peter and have fun with him. But in her mind, she's like, he's dating 12 women. Like Mm -hmm. how fun can that be? You know, like, of course I'm excited to be in Costa Rica, but in her mind, she's like, this is not my first rodeo. Like I've been to other countries. Okay. Big deal. I need to take a nap now, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, which I really liked hearing like that is the real side to travel that we don't always see as a viewer that like these girls have just taken long flights and sometimes they're thrown into a date that very day or the very next day. And so mm-hmm. Kelly's just attitude was so authentic, not only about her being tired, but just about hoping to have fun and not putting a lot of pressure on it. Mm-hmm. Like she said nothing about, the classic bachelor things like, Oh, I've been waiting for this date or it's, I know it's going to be a blast. I've been waiting to talk to Peter. I have so much to share. In fact, she said that she doesn't have a sob story that she needs to get off her chest. Mm-hmm. So, I just love how she's like, yeah, I'm excited to have fun, you know? And I think that Peter almost created a sob story in the fact that he was sobbing on the inside Like, does she like me? Like all these other girls are obsessed with me. Kelly's not approaching me and telling me how much she loves me. Mm -hmm. So maybe this girl doesn't like me as much as I like her. She's playing hard to get. I like it. Yeah. I like like that she took the power. I don't want to say taking the power back, but like she's just being normal about it. Like, and you know, Mm -hmm. why would she be obsessed with him? She doesn't know him that well. Mm -hmm. And I love that she's just... You know, she's treating him as an option mm-hmm. versus the only option. Yeah. Which, remember, that is part of it. It's a mutual relationship, which it seems very one-sided. Like, does he like me? 
I don't know, will he validate me? Will he give me a rose? And it's like, well, you get to accept that rose or not. Like, that's part of it, too. Um, you lose sight of that. You do. you're in a house full of women. And, and, like, and the producers are talking about the lead like he's a god. Yeah. So... Um, so I appreciated this and it felt like a very real conversation, like a conversation that they would have over dinner at like a restaurant on any given night. You know what I mean? Like that, like a real relationship has. And also part of why it felt really real was they were like both over talking, Mm -hmm. you know, like conversation was like overlapping. Like he would talk like I love when he was like, he's like, I feel like we started this on a high and then we kind of went to a lull. And she's like, agreed. He's like, I feel like Kelly kind of, oh, she's, he, that's, he said agreed after he said, Kelly kind of disappeared. She's like, agreed. And then he's like, oh, I do like you. And, um, I need to know your hearts in this. And, um, look, she said the bachelor lingo that he wanted to hear that she wants to progress. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad she was honest that in her mind, she hasn't had the opportunity to progress. Mm-hmm. And she was honest about like where she is in life, like levels. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was uh, so relevant to say. And mm-hmm. she did not put Hannah Ann down. In fact, I love that she uses as an example because the reality is we don't know much about Hannah Ann yet, mm-hmm. right? All we know is she's 23 and she's a model and Kelly's 27 and she's a lawyer. So from that, what we can say, they're different professions. Mm-hmm. They're four years apart, but there's a lot of, life that happens in four years. And if, if anyone has been through grad school or advanced degrees knows that's like a commitment. It is a financial and a personal commitment to study and to spend the money on that advanced degree Mm -hmm. and then to work professionally in that career. And I think she's more business minded. And I think she was just trying to say that she's experience things and she's ready to find her partner but if she doesn't know where he's at and so like almost like she's not a Hannah Ann she's not young and impressionable and I have no idea what I want you know Mm -hmm. she's I think that's kind of where she was going with that um Mm -hmm. again that's just my interpretation of what she said but she brought a maturity um and she said that she wasn't trying to judge him but you know ultimately what she needed in a partner. Um, and we can play that clip of what she said. I want someone to be like my other half. I want like to be with someone who like we're a power couple. Like I don't want, I'm looking for someone to like challenge me on a day to day and me challenge them and learn from them and um, vice versa, you know? So, yeah. So anyway, I mean, Peter clearly wanted validation out of all this. He says that's what he wants. Um, uh, like I almost wanted to tell like Peter, shut up. Like I get it. You want her to like, like you. And it's like, he has to remind her, like it's going to get harder. And this process is going to be such a big deal. And I need you to trust the process and give, give yourself to it. I was literally like, Peter, how much coaching have you had from the producers in the last 48 hours? Yeah. You know, like he must have done his ITMs before this that like the lingo is so fresh in his mind. But Mm -hmm. I also stopped to think, you know, he did seem really like intense, but in a real way during this date with her. Mm -hmm. So I know he actually cares about her. I think he actually really likes her. 
and he wants it to work with her specifically. Yeah. Um, that being said, it made me think, wait, how does Peter know this works? And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, he fell for Hannah Brown. But also you got to remember, Peter started watching this a decade ago in Bob's Guinea season. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he's watched every season since, but he has seen the success story, or at least he knows of it, of Sean Lowe, because mm-hmm. that happened about two years later. Mm-hmm. So if we follow the trajectory that he watches The Bachelor with his mother, which he claims to do before he was on the show, mm-hmm. then he would have seen Sean Lowe pick Catherine. Mm-hmm. And that happened years ago. And he would have seen Ari eventually pick Lauren. And now he's married to her. And this was all well before Hannah Brown came to the stage. So, you know, I do sympathize with Peter. Peter and the producers know this too. Peter was a fan first. Mm -hmm. So I think there is a part of him that as a fan really does want this love story to work out for himself. He's like, look, I know other people came on the TV show. They really wanted love and it worked for them. So it could happen for me. And, um, You know, that's the sweet idealistic side of him that he's hoping one of these remaining 12 women is my wife. Um, And so I just saw like the desperation in his face during this date for wanting the end result. Mm -hmm. Kelly's my last one standing. I say it almost every episode. So I'm like, maybe I'm like putting it out into the universe. Like I really want to win my bracket, (laughs) my fantasy. (laughs) But I, I also think that she could go. She, you know, the way it's progressing, I'm like, all right, I could see him picking her. Well, she's one of the real ones. She is. And uh, I wrote in my notes, I write it a lot, I think, Kelly for Bachelorette. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we have no idea how this pans out. Like, you very well might win your bracket, Chelsea, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess you have che- you have Kelly at the top of your bracket. Is that mm-hmm. what you're saying? Yep. Okay. I didn't make a bracket this year, so I don't know. But mm-hmm. uh, I just think I have no idea who's going to win, so to speak, and, mm-hmm. you know, be his F1 and hopefully engage to Peter. Mm-hmm. But if it's not Kelly, I'm okay with that. And I just hope she's the next Bachelorette. And I hope that America gets on board with her. And that she remains unfazed and, like, her true self because, honestly, like, the best part about reality TV is that it's supposed to be real. It's supposed to be raw emotions and real thoughts and feelings. And that's what makes great TV. Great Mm -hmm. TV is not made from, like, of reality TV. Mm -hmm. Great TV is not from, like, you know, people trying to, like, fake emotion or, like, fake a feeling Mm -hmm. or create an environment like the producers sometimes make reality tv annoying to watch mm-hmm. so i think someone like kelly and the way she conducted herself in this date was so honest and real and um in fact the second time i watched it i noticed <laughs> i i related she said like probably like 10 times um and i i was like oh i i get it right like i say like all the time and so people everyone I know, but it's horrible, right? It makes you people think you're dumb. They're like, oh my God, you say like all the time. You must be like stupid. I or think at this airhead. point, everyone says and, it. I don't think anyone's thinking you're dumb for saying it. Have you ever listened to like NPR? They say like all the time. Everyone says like now. It's just, it's, oh. it's the in place of um. It's like just right. a filler. Yeah. Well, I guess I've just always, I guess 
I personally have been insecure about it and that I don't sound as intelligent when I say like, Mm -hmm. but I think watching that moment, she wasn't even filtering herself Mm -hmm. of like, oh crap, I need to like, see, I'm doing it again. I'm doing it now. (laughs) She wasn't even filtering herself to think I need to sound intelligent. But the reality Mm -hmm. is her thoughts were so clear and concise because she had been thinking them through. She'd been articulating in her brain like, okay, well, why is Peter making this decision to keep the drama going? Why hasn't he squashed the drama? And Mm -hmm. does he really want a mature relationship or does he want like a young kind of fresh, easy relationship? Like what does he really want? And Mm -hmm. all of her deep thoughts were articulated while at the same time um, using filler words, which Mm -hmm. means that she was totally in the moment and she meant everything she said. And, um, I just can't get enough of Kelly. I would love to have her on the podcast. Um, she's definitely liked several things that we've done, like our post and things. So I just hope to get her on here. Um, she's probably tied down to bachelor ABC if truth be told. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I, yeah, she's liked several things that we've done on the podcast page and, um, you know, I've like read into her, but I think she's just tied down. So if you're listening, Kelly, the offer is always open um, whenever contract is is up. So yeah, (laughs) that's the best I can hope for at this point. But um, yeah, I don't know. We're going to see what happens. And I also really like that she's staying out of the drama. Yeah. Right. Like I haven't seen her. In fact, she's like sniffing the rose at times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you know, I remember watching other things happen. She'll watch it, but she won't comment. She She's so smart. Like, that's just socially intelligent to mm-hmm. not get involved. Yeah. And I have to credit, it's probably because being in law, you're working with a bunch of men. And sometimes you know it's better to just not say anything. Like, just observe. Just watch and be like, noted. Make a facial, you know, mm-hmm. response. And that's it. So... Yeah, and the drama does, it just ramps up here toward the end. Yeah, so what do you think about, oh my gosh, this last rose ceremony and everything that went under? Mm -hmm. I don't know, who do we begin with? McKenna? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah. McKenna's almost like the least of our concerns. Yeah, McKenna downs that glass of wine while Tammy is like talking about Kelsey having a drinking problem. You um, know, McKenna's such a great comedic relief. I kind of love is. her for that. Yeah, she, she is. She's like, you know, Tammy is a great comedic relief, but now McKenna has become this like, she's so invested. Every episode, she's so <laughs> freaking invested. I'm like waiting for her to lose her shit, like yeah. fully lose her shit. Yeah. Um, but again, she's crying man. and looking at the girls like, how could you ruin everything? Almost every single one of these girls, I was just like shaking my head the whole time. Like you all are just stooping so low. Like, have you never heard of resolving conflict instead of escalating it? Like they don't understand that concept. Um, and you're right. I, I feel like the only girls who don't who, okay. So let's first talk about the girls who don't engage in the conflict. Right. And then mm-hmm. we can talk about the girls who do. So who's not engaging, uh, Hannah Ann's not really engaging. Mm-hmm. She was Madison- having like a deep conversation with Kelsey in a scene. And I was like, Oh, they're buds now. 
Oh, oh yeah. Let's not forget that we saw that they're buds now. Yeah. So smart, Hannah Ann. Good for you. Um. Yeah, Madison. Yeah. Madison's definitely refraining. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen her in any of the drama. Uh, um, Kelly obviously we just talked about her. Sheehan. Sheehan. She listens and cries to herself uh, in yes. her ITMs. Uh, and I feel so bad for her about that. She's very emotional. I know. And Natasha, I think, just <clears throat> sees herself as more of like an advocate for like people. She doesn't. She doesn't like jab, but she just says like, "Okay, so I'm just gonna speak on our behalf." We talked about this, and here's just how we feel. But um, but that's all I'm going to say. And I don't need to get in this anymore. So, yeah, step out. OK, so I guess Natasha's not in the drama aggressively, but I would still put her in there to some degree because in the past she's been in the drama. I wanted to note about McKenna. Not that there's much to say there, but uh, I don't know if y'all if you know Chelsea, but she knows Caitlin Bristow. And before she came on the show, Caitlin gave her advice. And I wonder, she's like the lone Canadian this season. Mm-hmm. Um, there have, there have been a few Canadians through the years, but like, it's usually like one Canadian a season. And I wonder if she just feels like slightly different. Like she's not from the South or California. She's from Canada and she's the youngest person on the show. And they might not know that she happens to know a former bachelorette. And got advice from her directly. So I think probably in her head, she's hoping to go really far. And maybe that's why she's so intense about this. And Mm -hmm. like, my God, he doesn't know me yet. Because I think she was probably thinking by now, the Bachelor would know her really well and like, like her a lot. And I think she sees the writing on the wall that like, he doesn't really know her. Mm -hmm. Somehow she's skirted on by, but we're at the point where he needs to know he needs to know these girls not only their story he needs to have kissed them and he needs to like really like them to keep them going mm-hmm. so I think that's why she's losing her shit just a little more information there but um yeah so that being said she kind of loses her shit and wants to go talk to Peter at the rose ceremony mm-hmm. oh, wait, well I'm Tammy talking. goes first the non-cocktail you're right the non-cocktail party mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep, Tammy goes so first. Talk about the Tammy drama. Yeah, I mean, it. Honestly, you know, it's all being blown way out of proportion. It seems like, but if all of these girls just stop saying mean things about each other, like it would be done. Um, again, I'm like, I think producers are definitely encouraging the girls to talk to Peter about each other, um, to talk about each other in the ITMs. I mean, I'm sure it's not hard for them to do it. Um, they seem to be very naturally uh, just throwing names left and right and instigating and speculating. Um, but yeah, I just feel that uh, this environment breeds this kind of behavior. It That's just it does. the facts of it. Like, I, I will say that I think that they are stooping to a lower level than most of them normally would, which is upsetting and, like, a little disappointing. Um, but it's kind of what we want to see <laughs> in some so, ways. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's what's entertaining. So, well, it is I don't know. Now if, I don't know. 
So here's what I think. I think the girls themselves are not that entertaining. And I also think that's partly the producer's job. So I just remember seasons of past, like women like Michelle Money would to face be super nice. And then in the ITMs, she would say the most ridiculous things like hilarious, rude, obscene mm-hmm. comments about the other girls. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're watching it like, who is this Michelle Money girl? She's a bitch. But she's actually just hilarious. Right. Because mm-hmm. the viewers got to watch Michelle Money so many more times. It's like Demi. She's, it's like Demi, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, if you see them in an isolated instance, you might think, oh, that's a bitchy comment. Mm-hmm. But then you get to know them as a person, and you go, oh, no, no, that's just who they are. They're like, mm-hmm. that's their way of poking fun. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, Demi was that way. I remember Leslie on Sean Lowe's season was that way, um, who went on to date Dean, if you don't know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Bringing back an OG. Mm-hmm. OG, my age OG. Anyway. Mm-hmm. But, um, I kind of feel like Natasha is that way too. Like she doesn't have any enemies yes, in Natasha the house, is that way. but she in the ITMs can like really slam it down. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's what I was going to say. That kind of drama I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. And I think knowing how the show has been, I think that's what always makes the, um, after the final rose or the women tell all so interesting because when they're, when they're, when it's happening, these girls usually don't know that other girls are talking smack about them. Mm-hmm. Right. They might know, Oh, there's one villain in the house, mm-hmm. but they're not all the villain. And so right. they think that they're friends with these girls. And then they watch the show back and the producers cut in things that these girls say in their ITMs mm-hmm. in the moment interviews. And when they splice together, these individual interviews into the episodes, now here they are in real life going, Oh my God, I thought that girl liked me and she's saying horrible things about me. Yeah. So I think the producers caught on to something realizing that like, Oh my gosh, they got so much, they always get so much drama out of the women or the men tell all. Mm-hmm. So I think what they're trying to do is create that drama throughout the season. Mm. So rather than just have it linger and happen at the end of the season, mm-hmm. they're going to like, instigate the girls to like like you said hey talk to him you know bring up that other girl in your individual time or let me create an opportunity for you to share this you know or Mm -hmm. let me or as producers let's create opportunities for the girls to pit each other against each other like let's tell Alea, hey it might be a good idea like oh yeah don't worry about like if you want to share information about what happened that's up to you because mm-hmm. lest we forget there have been so many seasons um where girls leave the show and they come back like mm-hmm. on Ari's season Markel left and her grandfather died and then she came back and mm-hmm. I know she told girls information that happened in the real world and what people were saying about the girls on the show mm-hmm. but they didn't air that they didn't make Markel out to be a villain mm-hmm. you know and they could have done that mm-hmm. I heard that Becca through an interview that Becca did. Becca said that that happened. Becca Kufrin. So mm. if if this has happened before, what I'm trying to say is what Aaliyah did about like, oh, I know that um, Victoria dated the singer, uh, Chase, whatever. Mm-hmm. Chase you know how she came back. Yeah. She came back and told the girls that like, oh, yeah, and I know that. She wasn't doing that maliciously. She was doing that like, I think you guys already know this too, right? Like, I know it too. I'm sure you guys know it. She well, didn't, didn't meet. I don't think that. Happened. I don't think she thought that girls knew about it. We talked about this. I think no. she's the type of girl yeah. who 
if she knows something no one else knows, she wants to be the one to tell everyone. She wants to feel like she like has some information. She has something that's special about her. Right. I mean, I don't know. That's that's very possible. I think I'm just trying to say that like the bottom line is producers are showing us things that they in the past still happened, but they just didn't show us. Right. So I think the editing is different this season than it's been in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Alon Gale is no longer a producer. I don't know if that changes a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would be interesting to research more in the production and see. I just see a, such a shift in how the show is being produced. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the drama we're getting looks very different. Like it looks like all of these girls are nasty and all of these girls. Yeah you know, are pitting each other against each other. So, yeah, I don't know. Any thoughts before next episode, which is in a day? (laughs) We don't have to wait a whole week. I don't know. I think Shan said the thing to him about some girls not showing him the whole picture. He's only seeing one side of them. It felt very similar to Katie um, talking to Colton before she left. Just being like, make sure you get to the bottom of it. I don't trust some of these girls. Um, so I think we'll probably get into some of that stuff of Pete trying to figure out who's being real with him and who has two sides, which they all kind of have multiple sides. So Of course, of course. Yeah, I think we're going to see more from Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Um I just, I mean, obviously more will play out, but at at this point, I feel so bad for Kelsey. In fact, I think, again, it was a producer move to say, Peter, you could give her the rose. Oh, my gosh. I know. I hated this. Like, let's be honest. When she came over to his hilly. Like, she doesn't already have a target on her back. Yeah. It was like, like, he came over to her. When she came over, he clearly was, like, just chilling. They Mm could have, like, set that up, like, hey, he's just got out of the shower no, no, no. He was like chilling in the pool, like, or maybe he was outside of the pool. I forget. But I mean, it, it was a clearly staged situation that she walked into. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that he's like, let me give you a rose. Like he must have known, like, I- I'm allowed to give roses randomly. Mm-hmm. And come on, Peter, you're right. Like that's a huge target on her back. And honestly, it would be so much less drama had she just walked to the house and been like, they're like, what are you doing here? She's like, oh, I was on a walk. Let me tell you what happened. I talked to Peter. Yeah. They would have been like, yeah. okay. They, they all might have been wondering, like, we're still going to talk about her tonight. Maybe we'll get her to not get a rose. But it's so much worse now that Sherry has a rose. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. So much drama. Girls, you can do better. Try to do better. Yeah. You know what? I think I would, I'm ready to see after watching the season halfway through, I'm ready to see an older bachelorette and some yes. old men. Yeah. Same. I'm all for it. You know, I also wrote down at the very end, Natasha for bachelorette. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I would like her. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, they might be, they might be wanting She's her funny. for, uh, for bachelor in paradise, but uh but she is stunning and she's funny she's funny yeah and she's 31 like yeah ready to settle be married, down probably so yeah i like her personality a lot she definitely would not you know keep the bull crap if a guy was like not treating her right she'd be done yep yeah 
<laughs> she'd cut through the crap. Yeah. Um, well, on that note, I guess we will talk soon, Chelsea. But um, yeah. Thanks for recapping Monday night's episode with me. Of course. And now on to Bachelor Nation news. Um, We just have a few updates for you guys this week. Uh, I have more to share on Wednesday, so stay tuned for that episode. But um, in the last day or so, there have been two birthdays, and I never noticed this before, but it looks like Hannah Goodwin and Lauren Lane Bushnell, or formerly Bushnell, have the same birthday. Um, Both blonde beauties, kind of ironic, because they both were like basic, well, Lauren was the F1, Hannah was F2. Both blonde, blue-eyed beauties um, are on vacation with their respective partners and celebrating their birthday right now. So um, happy birthday to Hannah G, who's pretty young. She's 25, and Lauren is turning 30. Um, So this past weekend was the Super Bowl, uh, and we had a lot of Bachelor Nation attending. Uh, Tyler Cameron and Clay Harbor attended. Looks like they were sponsored um, and went in attendance together. And then Jason Tardick went with his pal Blake, um, which is so nice to see. I think the world villainized Blake this summer on Paradise. And we saw Jason and Blake together at the Super Bowl. Uh, friendship strong as ever from meeting about a year and a half ago. Um, and also some other uh, Kansas City fans at that Super Bowl were... Tanner and Jade, if you remember, uh, they used to live in Kansas City. So um, Jade and Tanner were repping uh, the Kansas City. And um, another Kansas City fan from Bachelor Nation is Nikki Farrell. Nikki Farrell was the winner on Juan Pablo's season. Um, uh, They got engaged and were engaged for some time before breaking up. So thankfully, Nikki is remarried, lives in Kansas City, um, and she went back to her old job. If you're curious, you know, nowadays they say no one goes back to their old job. That's not true. A lot of people went back to their old job. So she's still a nurse. So anyway, that's the updates on Bachelor Nation this past weekend at Super Bowl. Um, And here's a random throwback for you. Do you guys remember Travis Stork? He was the uh, bachelorette. Eh, I almost said bachelorette. Travis Stork was the bachelor years ago. He was the doctor bachelor. Uh, well, he got married a few years later, not to his winner, but finally got married and then divorced. But it looks like second time's a charm. This summer, back in August, Travis got remarried and his wife seems quite a bit younger than him. Travis, as you might well know, he's on the show The Doctors, so you might recognize him on TV, and you might not never have known that he was The Bachelor once upon a time. Uh, Travis got married this summer in August, and his wife is already expecting. So congrats to them. Um, if you're curious and you want to look him up, his Instagram handle is Travis Tor K M D. So it's Travis Stork. Tra- T-R-A-V-I-S-S-T-O-R-K-M-D. It looks like his wife is due in June, and uh, we don't know if it's a girl or a boy, but we're really excited for them to have their first baby. 
I have one last bit of news for you. Uh, you might have noticed in your news feed uh, all across the Internet, in the Washington Post, it's it's really everywhere right now. But yesterday, the editor of Cosmo, Jessica Pels, the same woman we saw on our televisions, released a statement about why we're not seeing Victoria on the cover of Cosmo. So here's what she said. Um, if you saw me, you know, she basically says that she went down to Costa Rica um, she said that we, she didn't meet the models until they got on set. And, um, at the time they just chose the person who conveyed the best energy through the camera lens. Well, long story short, it's been reported that Victoria modeled for a campaign called Marlin lives matter focused on pre- preventing white and blue Marlin from being overfished, which used the slogan white lives matter and blue lives matter messaging on its promotional shirts and hats. And this is what the editor said. In my view, the nature of both these organizations is neither here nor there. Both phrases and the belief systems they represent are rooted in racism and therefore problematic. Unequivocally, the White Lives Matter movement does not reflect the values of the Cosmo brand. We stand in solidarity with Black Lives Matter and any cause that fights to end injustice for people of color. So... It's a lot to unpack. I uh, ask that you go read the article yourself. It's online um, on Cosmo or read it, the Washington Post article, um, to read the full story. Uh, but uh, I'm sure Victoria will speak to this on The Women Tell All. And if she doesn't speak to it then, then I hope she speaks to it on the After the Final Rose. But I'm sure this is going to be brought up in Bachelor Nation again. Um it's a lot. It's, you know, I, I can understand if you're on either side of the table with this, with, you know, is Victoria to blame? Is the company to blame? Um, but this is the latest news. And we'll see you back in two days. Any more updates that I'm never sharing, please write to us at On the Wings of Love podcast and we will um, share with you the news that you shared to me. So, uh, Anyway, I want to thank you guys for being loyal listeners. Uh, This podcast is so much fun. Uh, I'm your host, Marilee Green, producer Chelsea Dick-Smith with music by Purple Planet. Thanks so much for listening. Check us out on Instagram and on Twitter on the Wings of Love podcast. And as always, on wherever you listen to your podcast on the Wings of Love. Bye. Bye.